I'm going to miss that coming out on stage to that and when the series is over. I feel like somebody told me this morning I should just play Eye of the Tiger every time I walk out. And I have no problem with things like that. I have no problem. Somebody said we should play Katy Perry Roar. No, we should not do that. In Jesus' name, we should not do that. All right. Um, hey, guys, uh, man, uh, I'm excited for you guys to be here today. Um, part three of the Game Changer series. And uh, I, I want to introduce you. I want to introduce to you some people that maybe, you, uh, maybe you're familiar with. Maybe you're not like this guy right here. Check this out. This guy's name right here. This guy's name is Simon Growth, okay? And I'm not even sure, to be honest, if that's how you say his last name. But I'm pretty confident he's not here and he doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay, so I'm just going to say growth. But here's why I'm showing you this guy right here. Okay, this guy right there, right there on your screen, he holds the world's record for the fastest serve in the history of tennis. In 2012, he hit a tennis ball, served a tennis ball, 163 miles an hour. True story. In in fact, I promise this is a true story. The stadium they were playing in, he was playing in a tournament in Japan, and the stadium they were playing in, it was not obviously served back because the guy he hit it to probably peed his pants. Um, But it literally ripped through the wall of the stadium. Literally did. Went through the wall of the stadium, came out the other side. 163 miles an hour. Let me ask you something. Answer this by raising your hand. How many of you here today would say, and just be honest, like my hand's up. How many of you here would say, you know what, I can't do that. There's no way I could do that. My hand's up. Okay, like, there you go. A lot of hands are going up. Some of you didn't raise your hand. Liars. Okay, because, um, right, uh, check this guy out. I, watch this. I love this right here. I want to show you a little video clip. This guy's name uh, is Adam Beatrice. Watch this right here. Okay. This is just a few seconds of the clip where Adam set the world's record for most shots made from midcourt in a minute. Took 18 shots, made 10 of them. He's shooting from midcourt right there, just a teenager. He makes 10 out of 18 in just under a minute from middle of the court, y'all. Okay, now how many of you would say, again, I couldn't do that. Raise your hand. All right, raise your hand. There you go. Now now everybody's being honest, okay? Now everybody's being honest. Let me introduce you to probably one of the best athletes in the world. Look at this guy, Joey Chestnut. This man is a phenomenon, all right? Joey Chestnut owns the world record for most hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes, 63. How many say there's no way I could do that? Raise your hand. How many say, there's no way I would even want to do that? Raise your hand. I can't either. You can't, I don't know if you can see the hot dog debris that's all over the face of Joey Chestnut, but it makes me sort of want to vomit, so I'm going to move on. Um, but, but listen, I could keep going, I could keep going all day long with stuff, man, up on this screen. Just crazy sports, crazy world records, you know, Guinness world records, type things that we look at and say, there is just no way that I can do that. And listen, we can talk about eating hot dogs. We can talk about serving a tennis ball. We can talk about how many shots you can make from midcourt. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. Somebody in the room right now, good crowd, good-sized crowd this morning, somebody either in this crowd right now or somebody listening to the podcast, you are here today and you are looking at your life and in some area you're saying this, there's no way I could do that. Like somebody in the room right now, you're looking at your life and you say this, there's no way that I could break that addiction. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, there's no way that I could save my marriage. Or maybe you're here and you're saying this, there's no way that I could forgive them. There's no way that I could forgive those people for what they said about me, said to me, said about my kids, about my family. There's no way I could forgive them for what they did to me years ago. There's just no way 
that I could do that. And and so here's what I want us to see today. If I could crystallize the entire sermon into one idea so that you could tweet it, you could Facebook it, you could remember it a few days from now, here's the one idea that I want to get this morning and that I want all of us to get today, and it's this idea. It's that forgiveness enables us to do what we could never do. Let me say that one more time just because I want you to get it. Forgiveness enables us to do what we could never do. God's forgiveness working through us, God's forgiveness can enable us to do what we could not do in our own strength, but we could only pull off in his strength. And so I want us to see that today. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up to Matthew. That's where we've been in this series, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going through the Lord's Prayer here in this series. And so Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be at today. And, and, and today is different. Today is real different. And I'll give you a little disclaimer. Today is the hardest sermon in the whole series. It's the, it's the hardest one for me. It's going to be the hardest one for you. Today is the hardest day. All right. So next week's a little, next week's hard too. But today, no, no, no. This is the hardest one. And and I think you're going to see that too, because this is the only place in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus gives some commentary after he finishes talking about the Lord's Prayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to read verse 12, which everybody knows because everybody's kind of sort of familiar with the Lord's Prayer. But then we're going to read verses 14 and 15 because that's the commentary on verse 12. So let's read this, and, and, and it's so short, and everybody's so familiar with it. Can we all just read verse 12 together? All right, let's just all read verse 12 together. It's in the Lord's Prayer. It's going to be up on the screen. There it is. Let's all read verse 12 together. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now watch this. You don't have to read this. Verses 14 and 15 have caused some of the biggest confusion in the history of Christianity. I'm serious. What you could do with 14 and 15, if you just take it out of context, you could do some dangerous stuff, man, with the next two verses. Watch these next two verses right here. Here's the commentary on what we just read, 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Huh. Think about that for a second. Because it sounds like Jesus is saying in those verses, hey, God will forgive you if you forgive those people. But if you don't forgive them, you're not going to be forgiven. God will forgive you if you forgive them, but if you don't forgive them, then God's not going to forgive you. It sure sounds like Jesus is saying that you can be saved by what you do. Is that what he's saying? Now, some of you are shaking your head, no. How do you know that's not what he's saying? See, this is one of those that some of you are like, "Ah!" you're on the edge of your seat. Quit freaking out, dude. It's called building tension, all right? I went to seminary, paid a lot of money to learn how to do what I just did, all right? But what happens here is, is, this is something we always need to keep in mind. Any verse you read in the Bible, you've got to keep the whole entire Bible in mind when you read a verse because the Bible never contradicts itself, okay? You've got to understand that. The Bible never contradicts itself. So Jesus is not saying that you are saved by what you do. And the reason we know that is because all through the Bible, the Bible Bible's real clear that you and I are never saved by what we do. We're saved only by what Jesus has done for us. Amen? 
Amen. Thanks to, thanks to the five people right here that were excited. All right. So you're not saved by what you do. That's not what Jesus is saying here, that you're saved by what you do. And so here's what we need to, under- here's what we need to do today. If we're really going to understand what Jesus is saying in, this, in these verses, we're going to need to dig a little. We're, we're going to need to get our hands a little dirty here in the Bible. And, and what I want to do to, t- to help us understand this, I want to give us a principle and then a practice that flows out of the principle. So I want to give us a principle, and to be honest, it's something that you hear me say around Summit a lot, but I want us to see it today from the Bible, and then there's going to be a practice that Jesus gives us from the principle. So if you're keeping notes at home, uh, taking notes rather, you're keeping score at home, here's, here's what you need to know. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, and if you're not taking notes, you're probably not going to heaven. All right, some of you are like, for real, dude, i got to take notes. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's church. We can laugh. Look at your neighbor and say, have fun this morning. Okay, just have fun. It's all right. We're going to have some fun this morning. It's going to be heavy, but we're going to have some fun. Here's the principle that I need you to grab from what, we're, from what we're about to knock out here. I need you to grab this principle. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Let me say it one more time. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Because did you see how Jesus started off verse 12? He says it this way. He says, forgive us our debts. Forgive us. Forgive me. Forgive you. God, forgive us for our debts. See, when Jesus says that, he's assuming that you and I are going to sin. He's assuming that you and I are going to sin, that we're going to drop the ball, that we're going to blow it, that we're going to mess up. Jesus is making the assumption that you and I, we are always going to need God's forgiveness. It's not something that you need at the beginning of the Christian life. It's something you need all the way through the Christian life. He's just making the assumption that I'm going to sin. He's making the assumption that you're going to sin. So listen, you need to get out of your mind this picture that Christianity is only for perfect people. You you need to get out of your mind any notion that you might have today that Christianity is for perfect people. It's only for people that have it all together. Even Jesus himself said, I didn't come for people who don't need a doctor. I came for people who are sick. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the unrighteous. So Christianity is not for perfect people. Christianity is for messy people. People, people who are struggling. People who, people who are dealing with some stuff. People who have some junk in their lives. That's why I love when people say, hey, you know what? I don't go to your church because hypocrites go to your church. And I don't go to any church because hypocrites are in every church. And I always look back at them and say, I know and we've got room for one more. I'm saving a seat for you, bro. Right? Because, because listen, 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 we can try to pretty ourselves up, put a mask on when we come to church. Church is not a museum where we come and look at each other and how awesome we are, right? Church is not a museum where we come and we put our church face on and we act like we're better than we are and then we all walk around, oh, I'm doing so good, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed, I'm, blo- I'm so blessed, right? That, that's what we do, but that's not what we're supposed to do. Church is not a museum where we look at each other and and, and admire how we all have it all together. Church is a hospital for people who don't have it all together. 
Church is for imperfect people, but we have a perfect Savior. And so he's making the assumption, hey, you know what? You are going to sin. Mark's going to sin. We're all going to drop the ball. And what he says is, and I love that Jesus says this. He says, listen, there is no limit to God's grace in your life. Every time you need grace, come to God for grace and you'll get what? It's not hard, y'all. It's not grace. Every time you need forgiveness, you go to God and you'll get what? Why? Because, listen, there's no, there's no limit to God's grace and forgiveness in your life. Jesus is saying, if you fall a thousand times, come to God every time you fall, and he'll forgive you. There's no limit. God's, God's grace is never going to run dry in your life. So every time we sin, and we're going to sin, every time we do, go to God, confess it, and God will forgive us for all sin. Man, I don't know about you, but that's good news for me because I didn't have a perfect week. Did anybody here have a perfect week? If so, raise your hands and you can preach here next Sunday. Right? Because I want to hear you preach because I got some stuff in my life. Man, I say it all the time. I don't have issues. I've got subscriptions. Anybody amen? Right? I got some stuff, man. So I need a God who is limitless when it comes to grace. And Jesus is saying, I am that God. See, and this idea that Jesus is trying to teach us of confessing our sin, this idea of confession, in the Bible, the idea of confession, it just means this. It means to agree with God. It means to agree with God. Specifically, agreeing with God about your sin. Agreeing with God about my sin. So it's agreeing with God, and we go to God, and we say, God, I'm, God I've got this sin in my life. Your word says this is a sin. Your Holy Spirit that lives in me, the Holy Spirit is convicting me of this sin. God, this is a sin. God, it might be fun for a season, but if I just keep this in my life, it's going to cause me to miss everything you want to do in and through me. God, this is sin. You're right, and I'm wrong. It's agreeing with God. So let me ask you a question. Is there anything in your life that you and God are disagreeing over? Is there anything in your life that you and God don't agree about? So God says it's a sin, you say it's a habit. Oh, God says it's a sin, but you say it's a lifestyle. God says it's a sin, but you say, hey, you know what? My dad did it, his dad did it, something always been in our family. Is is there anything that you and God are in disagreement over? Because listen, Jesus is assuming that we're going to sin, but he is not giving us a free pass to sin. Because if you've met Jesus, anybody that knows Jesus is not going to have a small view of sin. And listen, I'm not saying that the moment you meet Jesus, there's perfection. Listen, listen, because every single Christian struggles with sin. Any Christian agree with that? Every Christian struggles with sin. But do you know what a struggle is? A struggle is a fight. And listen, you need to write this one down. You're not struggling with what you're not fighting. Oh God, I'm fighting this, but we just go and do it all the time because we really secretly want to. We're not agreeing with God that it's sin. We just want to do it. But in church, we'll say it's sin. 
I'm not struggling with what I'm not fighting. So the struggle is, God, I hate that I keep going here. God, I hate what this could do to me. God, i got to make some changes to get this out of my life. Listen, it is okay to not be okay. Every Christian struggles. Every Christian constantly needs forgiveness from God. But let's not forget the rest of the principle. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Because I want you to get this. Forgiveness from God will change you. Put it another way, what God does in me will always come out of me. What God does in me will always come out of me. That's verses 14 and 15. Let me read it to you again one more time. He says this, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What's that mean? What it means is this. What God does in you will always come out of you. If you've experienced the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God and you're withholding that forgiveness from other people, constantly walking around, constantly bitter, constantly ticked off, constantly angry all the time, refusing to forgive, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, to quote a great American poet. What he says is this, what God does in you will always come out of you. If nothing is coming out of you, if stuff only comes out of you on Sunday, but it doesn't come out of you the rest of the week, Jesus says you need to check your conversion. This is a big deal. I love this because this is a weapon of mass destruction for Sunday-only religion, where you just turn on the Jesus face, you turn up the Jesus volume in your life, you fake it for an hour, but who you really are, you're going to turn back into as soon as you leave. Jesus is saying, no, listen, if it only affects you in here, you might have a Savior issue. Because what God does in you will come out of you. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Forgiveness will always change us. How will it change us? If I've forgiven, if God's forgiven me, I can and will forgive other people. So the, pra- the, the principle is it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. And here's the practice. The practice that flows from that is that we can forgive that person. I can forgive those people for what they said about me. I can forgive that person for what they did to me when I was little. I should have never experienced that, but I did. And God's grace is so powerful, I can forgive them. See, forgiveness enables us to do what we could never do. See, let me, let, 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 let's, let's think about forgiveness here, because that's exactly what he says in verse 12. He says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven others As we also have forgiven our debtors, rather. See, we've got a wrong idea when it comes to forgiveness. We we have a lot of wrong ideas when it comes to forgiveness. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting, okay? Forgiveness is not forgetting, as as if the memory could just be deleted from your life. God can do that. Normally, though, he doesn't. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're letting them off the hook. Forgiveness doesn't mean that they win. I know a lot of times that's what we think forgiveness is. That's not what forgiveness is. Let me tell you what forgiveness is in the Bible. Forgiveness is choosing to say, you don't owe me anymore. 
It's making the choice to say, you don't owe me anymore. Because did you notice over and over in what we read today that Jesus uses the word debt? You're in debt to somebody, you owe them, right? See, when, when, when somebody does something to us, wounds us, angers us, all of a sudden we feel like they owe us something, don't we? They owe us an apology. They owe us letting us hurt them the way that they have hurt us. They owe us le- letting us get the last word. They owe us when we see them in Walmart running over them with our buggy. Right? They owe us. But forgiveness is choosing to say, you don't owe me anymore. Listen, if there was one person who had the right to hold a grudge, who, who, if there was one person who had the right to be angry, it was God. And never forgive the people who sinned against him. It was God. Because every one of us, what I've done and what we've all done, the Bible says, when we've sinned, is we've slapped God in the face and said, God, my way is better than yours. I'd rather go life alone than with you. And listen, the God of the universe had every right to hold a grudge. The God of the universe had every right to keep us in a prison of his own anger. But do you know what God chose to do? He chose to forgive. God looks at people who didn't love him and says, you know what, I choose to forgive you. I choose to love you. I choose to never walk away from you when you want to walk away from me. And I so choose forgiveness for you, I will slaughter my own son so that you and I can be reconciled. See, see, when we're angry at people and we, 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 we're bitter and we're angry and we've got, we're holding a grudge against people, what we like to think we're doing, we like to think that we're putting them in a prison. I'm putting you in a prison in my mind so that I can constantly think about putting you in your place, getting the last word. But listen, the only person that anger and bitterness puts in prison is us. I don't know if you've ever realized it or not, but that person that we spend a lot of energy and time thinking about and how we'd like to put them in their place, we spend more time thinking about them than they do thinking about us. Have you realized that? And the only person it puts in prison is us. And Jesus came to set us free from our prison. See, see, the principle is that it's, it's okay to not be okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. And the practice that Jesus picks out of everything that he could have picked, could have picked from that principle is that forgiveness from God can so change your life, it can enable you to do what you could never do, namely forgive that person. And I just want to say to everybody today, because listen, I want to be really sensitive right now. There's a lot of people here in the room. There are going to be a lot of people that listen to this. And I know that every one of us could share stories. Every person in here has been hurt. Every person in here has been wounded. I believe, I'm not talking to some people. I'm talking to every person today. And I want to say to every one of us today that God grieves with you. God hurts with you. And somebody in the room, you're thinking, I will not forgive them because they don't even want to apologize. I will not forgive them because it is only letting them off the hook. I want to tell you that it's not letting them off the hook because forgiveness is choosing to say, you don't owe me anymore. And I want to say to every person here today that God will get the last word. Either in this life 
or the next. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God works all things together for the good. Somehow he is going to work it together for the good. Maybe they will apologize. Maybe they will repent in this life. And if they never do, they will stand before God. But God is going to get the last word. And listen, I'm not up here today and have some, have some myth in my mind that says forgiveness is easy. Forgiveness is hard, isn't it? It's really hard. So forgiveness is always a fight. And today, I want to challenge you to fight that fight. I want to challenge you today to make the choice to forgive that person. To make the choice to forgive those people. I don't know what they did. And I don't know what they said. But God does. And as long as you and I live in bitterness and anger and rage and hold a grudge against those people, and as long as we refuse to forgive, they hold power over us. And today, God's forgiveness is so strong. The cross of Jesus Christ is so strong that I believe it can set anybody free from any prison that you're in today. And if you're in the prison of anger, if you're in the prison of bitterness, if you're in the prison of rage and what they did to you and you just feel a prisoner of it, I want to say to you, God's grace can set the prisoner free and His forgiveness can enable you to do what you could never do, namely, begin choosing forgiveness for that person. And I wish there was some magical thing that we could do so that, you, so that you could choose forgiveness today and you'd never struggle with it again, but we can't. The band can't play a song. I can't preach that kind of sermon. There's no prayer in existence that can do that. But today, you can begin to make the choice to forgive. And so when you walked in today, you got an index card. Did you take that card? Just go ahead and grab it right now. Go ahead and grab it. Every every person in here, let's just go ahead and grab it. You got this index card, and and you got a pen when you walked in, or maybe you've got one with you. I want you to go ahead and grab it, and here's what I want you to do. Let's go ahead and, can we bring the lights down if we can up there in the booth? Let's go ahead and get those lights to come down. If you didn't get one of these cards, they're, they're at every cross here today. Why don't you get up and go grab one? Because I believe that what we're about to do could be a game changer in your life. I want you to take this card, and the lights are down. And on that card, I want you to write that person's name. That person that you've been thinking about, and maybe you've been dealing with God this entire time, maybe God's been laying it on your heart, and you've been, no, God, no, 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 no. I want you to write their name down right now on that card. Maybe you don't want to write their name. I want you to write their initials. Maybe it's not a name of a person that's got you in prison. Maybe it's an event. I want you to write that event down on that card. And again, we can't do anything so magical this morning that takes the hurt away, that takes the memory away.
But we can make a choice this morning to begin to forgive and to say, you don't owe me anymore. God, I want to begin to trust you to get the last word here. I feel like I should get the last word, but God, you say that you get the last word. I want to try to trust you here. And in just a moment, here's what I'm going to invite every one of us to do today. Because I think I'm talking to a lot of people today. I want you to take this card that you wrote, that name or those initials or that event down, and I want, you, I want you to fold it up. And I'm going to pray. And after I'm done praying, as soon as I'm done praying, I want to challenge you to make the choice and begin to choose forgiveness. If you've already been fighting for forgiveness over that person, I want to tell you, keep fighting. Keep making that choice. And in just a moment, we're going to take these. I want you to fold them up. And after I'm done praying, I want you to walk up to a cross that's near you. And I want you just to walk up to a cross. And I want you to tear this. And just drop it at the foot of the cross. And the reason I want you to do that is because I believe that the cross of Jesus is so powerful that it can set anyone free from any prison, including the prison of unforgiveness, anger, and bitterness. So today in front of all of us is a game-changing decision. Say, God, I want to choose forgiveness. I want to show forgiveness to others the way that you've shown forgiveness to me. And it starts right here. Let's all pray today. Let's all bow our heads, close our eyes. Dear Jesus, right now, with every single head bowed, with every eye closed, God, this is hard. It's real hard. And you know it's hard. And so I believe that you're moving in a, in a special way in some people's lives today. And Father, I pray that God, right here in this moment, that many would make the game-changing decision to begin to choose forgiveness. Listen, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, no one is moving. Let me ask you a question this morning. You respond by raising your hand. How many of you would say today, just by raising your hand, Mark, God's speaking to me today, and I've got the name of a person, or I've got an event that I want to be set free from, and I want to, I want to begin to choose forgiveness. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up all over here, all over that back, all over the middle, all over on this side, in the back right there all over. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. Whether you raised your hand or not, I'm going to pray for you. And as soon as I'm done praying for you, as soon as I say amen, I want you to stand up. Don't look around. You be the first. I want you to stand up and come to a cross. There's two here in the front, two here in the back. And I just want you simply to walk up to that cross with that name, those initials, or that event on it. And I want you, as an act of faith, to walk up to that cross and just tear it and just drop it and say, Jesus, today I want to begin to choose forgiveness. Father, I pray for these people. I pray that today you'd give them courage to begin to trust you or to continue to trust you. If they've been fighting forgiveness, they've been praying about this issue for days, months, weeks, and years. God, I pray that you would today do a radical work of setting people free from anger. I pray that forgiveness would flow from our church the way that it has flown, that the way that it has just flowed in our church from you. So right now, God, I pray that you give a lot of people courage as they make their way to a cross and say, today I choose forgiveness because God has forgiven me. Amen. Let's move right now. Just go. Just get up and go right now. Just take it to a cross and you just tear it and drop it. And then go back to your seat. Just go. Let's go.
Let's go. And if you need to go to the back and pray with somebody about that event, I want you to go. Pray with somebody about that anger, I want you to go. People are in the back waiting for you right now. If you need to go back and pray with somebody, you go back right now. Let's, let's do business with God today. I love all, all these people. All kinds of people are moving. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. If God is speaking to you today, He's saying, hey, let's, let's begin to choose forgiveness. Let's make the move. If you need to pray with somebody, just bypass your seat and go to the back right now. Just keep on walking. There's people... We want to pray with you. You'll be back in your seat before it's over. Right now, I believe that God is is really moving. And so, I only want, the only movement that I want in the room right now, if you just do us a favor, the only movement that, that we'd like in the room right now is if you're going back to talk to, to, to talk to one of our response teams. So talk to somebody on our care team that's in the back waiting to pray for you. You get up and go right now if you need to. You get up and go to a cross right now if you need to. But other than that, let's stay, to, stay still for just a moment. Stay in a moment of prayer. Because I believe there might be somebody here today and you have never experienced forgiveness from God. Maybe you've been to church your whole life or maybe today's the very first time. And God is speaking to you today. And he's saying, today's the day when you need to give me your life. Today's the day when you need to give your life to Jesus and become a Christian. I want to tell you today that God loves you. And he loves you so much that 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for you. And when Jesus died on the cross for you, he died for everything that you've ever done, thought, said, everything you will ever do, will ever think, and will ever say. And he came back to life three days later to show that his love and his grace for you is greater than anything that you've ever done. And today, right there in your seat, you can be forgiven by God. And Jesus Christ can enter into your life. You can have your sins forgiven and leave in a moment changed. You don't have to clean up first. You just go to God the way that you are. And the only way that you do that is by giving your life, trusting by faith in what Jesus did for you. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we confess to God with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then you can be saved. And today I want to pray a prayer. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, right there where you sit, I invite you to pray this prayer with me. So let's summit, let's all bow our heads, let's all close our eyes, let's pray. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, silently you can pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I give my life to you. I want to experience your forgiveness for the very first time. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your mercy. Help me to live for you to the best that I can from this moment forward. Amen. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. Hey, did you just pray that prayer? Because if you just prayed that prayer, Jesus never tells us to keep it silent. He always tells us to make it public. And if you've given your life to Jesus today, you made that decision to become a Christian, I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I count to three, I want you to shoot your hand high up into the air so that I can see it. And you're raising your hand to say, today I am giving my life to Jesus and I want God's forgiveness to change me. One two, three. Raise your hand right now if that's you. If that's you and you are making that decision, go ahead and raise your hand. Listen to me. If you're making that decision, I want you to look at me. 
Every eye that's making that decision to give your life to Jesus, look at me right now. Hey, we want to give you something to help you with the most important decision that you have ever made. We've got this book called Seek First, and I want to give this to you today. We've also got a Bible for you. And if you would just take your connection card and on the back check that you gave your life to Christ, on your way out, give that to somebody. They're going to be all over the back of the auditorium holding these books. They'll put these in your hands, okay? Because listen, you just made the biggest decision of your life. Maybe you're here today and God is saying, hey, you know what? You need to be baptized. Check the box on the back of the card. Whatever your next step is, let's make that move today. Father, I thank you that the cross is strong, that grace is powerful, so powerful that, God, your forgiveness can enable us to do what we could never do on our own. And I thank you for every person today that said they choose forgiveness. God, I thank you for what you have done today. And God, the the enemy is going to try to fight. He's going to try to talk us out of what you've spoken into our lives today. He is a liar. He is a liar, and he has been defeated in your name. Father, I thank you that you can set us free from any prison, and it is in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Summit, let's thank God for today, man. I just thank God that we've got a God who can set the prisoners free today. And hey, listen, um, we're about to dismiss. Before you go, don't anybody move. I got something for you here. Uh, Man, let us know what God did in your life today on the back of that card. If if you're a first-time guest, returning guest, make sure to visit the uh, lobby out there before you leave to the right. We've got a free gift for you. Here's something we want to give to every single person, though, as they leave. An invite card to our next series. Here's here's this. uh, Love Handles. Isn't that hot? That's awesome. That's our next series. People have asked me all day, Mark, did you model for that? Of course not. Look at abs of steel, people. Abs of steel. Here's what we want to do. Um, Let me ask you a question, though. How many of you know, say, one or two people that you could invite to church that don't go to church? Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand right now. Look at that. Hands hands up all over. I'm telling you, we've never done a series like this. They're going to want to be here. When you leave today, we're going to give you two or three of these invite cards. Invite two or three people. This starts February the 2nd. First Sunday of February, all through the month. It's going to be a big, big deal, all right? Don't miss it, and let's get, some, let's get the word out about it. Hey, love you guys. Next week, we wrap up Game Changers. Man, it's going to be awesome. You guys come. You're dismissed. Love you. See you next week.
Shout! I've got a shout! 